Welcome to Quantum Magazine's Science Podcast. Come for the science, stay for the stories. For news, interviews, videos, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org. This week on the podcast, we have two stories about an ongoing revolution in cryptography. The first segment comes from 2013, when Quanta first reported on a sudden advance in program obfuscation, the ability to run a computer program while keeping its working secret. In the two years since this initial advance, computer scientists have made progress in converting obfuscation into a practical system that can hide any kind of electronic data, a universal black box that may even prove resistant to hacking attempts by quantum computers. Our second segment details those advances. First, Perfecting the Art of Sensible Nonsense by Erica Klareich. As a graduate student at MIT in 1996, Amit Sahai was fascinated by the strange notion of a zero-knowledge proof, a type of mathematical protocol for convincing someone that something is true without revealing any details of why it is true. As Sahai mulled over this counterintuitive concept, it led him to consider an even more daring notion. What if it were possible to mask the inner workings not just of a proof, but of a computer program, so that people could use the program without being able to figure out how it worked. The idea of obfuscating a program had been around for decades, but no one had ever developed a rigorous mathematical framework for the concept, let alone created an unassailable obfuscation scheme. Over the years, commercial software companies have engineered various techniques for garbling a computer program so that it will be harder to understand while still performing the same function. But hackers have defeated every attempt. At best, these commercial obfuscators offer a speed bump, said Sahai, now a computer science professor at UCLA. An attacker might need a few days to unlock the secrets hidden in your software, instead of a few minutes. Secure program obfuscation would be useful for many applications, such as protecting software patches, obscuring the workings of the chips that read encrypted DVDs, or encrypting the software controlling military drones. More futuristically, it would allow people to create autonomous virtual agents that they could send out into the computing cloud to act on their behalf. If, for example, you were heading to a remote cabin in the woods for a vacation, you could create and then obfuscate a computer program that would inform your boss about emails you received from an important client, or alert your sister if your bank balance dropped too low. Your passwords and other secrets inside the program would be safe. You could send that agent into the computing wild, including onto untrusted computers, Sahai said. It could be captured by the enemy, interrogated, and disassembled, but it couldn't be forced to reveal your secrets. As Sahai pondered program obfuscation, however, he and several colleagues quickly realized that its potential far surpassed any specific applications. If a program obfuscator could be created, it could solve many of the problems that have driven cryptography for the past 40 years problems about how to conduct secure interactions with people at, say, the other end of an internet connection, who you may not know or trust. A program obfuscator would be a powerful tool for finding plausible constructions for just about any cryptographic task you could conceive of, said Yuval Ishai of the Technion in Haifa, Israel. Precisely because of obfuscation's power, many computer scientists, including Sahai and his colleagues, thought it was impossible. We were convinced it was too powerful to exist, he said. Their earliest research findings seem to confirm this, showing that the most natural form of obfuscation is indeed impossible to achieve for all programs. 
Then, on July 20, 2013, Sahai and five co-authors posted a paper on the Cryptology ePrint Archive, demonstrating a candidate protocol for a kind of obfuscation known as indistinguishability obfuscation. Two days later, Sahai and one of his co-authors, Brent Waters, of the University of Texas, Austin, posted a second paper that suggested, together with the first paper, that this somewhat arcane form of obfuscation may possess much of the power cryptographers have dreamed of. This is the first serious positive result when it comes to trying to find a universal obfuscator, said Boaz Barak of Microsoft Research in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The cryptography community is very excited. In the six months after the original paper was posted, more papers appeared on the ePrint archive with obfuscation in the title than in the previous 17 years. However, the new obfuscation scheme is far from ready for commercial applications. The technique turns short, simple programs into giant, unwieldy albatrosses, and the scheme's security rests on a new mathematical approach that has not yet been thoroughly vetted by the cryptography community. It has, however, already withstood the first attempts to break it. Researchers are hailing the new work as a watershed moment for cryptography. For many cryptographers, the conversation has shifted from whether obfuscation is possible to how to achieve it. When Sahai started thinking about obfuscation, the first task was simply to define it. After all, users can always learn something about a garbled version of a program simply by feeding it inputs and seeing what comes out. The most natural, and also the strongest definition, was the idea of a black box obfuscator, which would jumble a program so thoroughly that a person with the best available computational resources could figure out nothing at all about it, except for what might be gleaned from inputs and outputs. You could not figure out the value of a password hidden inside the software unless that password was one of the program's outputs. Nor could you reassemble parts of the program to compute anything meaningful other than what the program was originally designed to compute. A black box obfuscator, if it existed, would be immensely powerful, providing instant solutions to many cryptography problems that took decades to figure out, or in some cases, remain unsolved. Take, for example, public key encryption, whose development in the 1970s paved the way for internet commerce. Prior to its creation, two people who wanted to communicate secretly had to meet in advance to choose an encryption scheme and share a secret key for encoding and decoding messages. Public key encryption allows you to announce a key to the entire world that permits people you've never met to send you messages that only you can decrypt. The innovation so revolutionized cryptography that its early developers have been recognized with one award after another. But if you have a black box obfuscator, creating a public key encryption protocol becomes a simpler matter of choosing your favorite secret key encryption scheme, expressing its workings as a computer program, obfuscating the program, and making the obfuscated version widely available. Anyone can then use it to encrypt a message to send to you, but no one can tease the decryption key out of the obfuscated software. Similarly, a black box obfuscator would provide a way to instantly convert any private cryptography scheme to a public one that could be performed over the internet by strangers. In a sense, obfuscation is the key to all cryptographies. Modern cryptography is about the transition from private to public, Sahai said. Obfuscation gives you a remarkable ability to move between these two worlds that, for decades, we thought of as fundamentally different. The power of universal black box obfuscation seemed too good to be true. And it was.
In 2001, Sahai, Barak, and several co-authors showed that it is impossible. Some programs, the researchers demonstrated, are like people who insist on sharing their most private moments on Twitter or Facebook. They are so determined to reveal their secrets that no obfuscator can hide them. Still, Sahai couldn't stop thinking about the problem. The computer programs the team had devised, which spilled their guts so insistently, were contrived objects unlike any real-world program. Might some weaker notion than black box obfuscation protect the secrets of programs that hadn't been specifically constructed to resist obfuscation? And if so, just how powerful would such an idea be? Sahai, Barak, and their colleagues had put forward one definition of a weaker kind of obfuscation in their 2001 paper, a rather esoteric concept called indistinguishability obfuscation. A program garbling procedure qualifies as an indistinguishability obfuscator if, whenever two programs that do exactly the same thing pass through the obfuscator, no one is able to tell which garbled program came from which original. There's no obvious reason why this concept should be particularly useful. After all, even if no one can distinguish the sources of the two garbled programs, it might still be possible to glean important secrets, a decryption key or classified instructions, from looking at the garbled software. It's a very weak notion of obfuscation, said Craig Gentry of the IBM Thomas J. Watson Research Center in Yorktown Heights, New York. But in 2007, Shafi Goldwasser of MIT and Guy Rothblum of Microsoft Research Silicon Valley in Mountain View, California, showed that an indistinguishability obfuscator, if it could be built, would be the best possible obfuscator. The idea is that if some other obfuscator were the best, you could use it to garble the program and then put both the original program and the garbled version through the indistinguishability obfuscator for an additional layer of distortion. Someone looking at the resulting two programs wouldn't be able to tell which one came from the original program, meaning that the indistinguishability obfuscator was at least as good at hiding the program's secret as that other, best, obfuscator. Goldwasser and Rothblum's result meant that indistinguishability obfuscation was the best hope for protecting all of a computer program's secrets that are protectable. But no one knew how to build such an obfuscator, or even knew which of a program's secrets are protectable. Would an indistinguishability obfuscator, Sahai wondered, protect the secrets people really cared about? For Sahai, the decade leading up to the new finding was marked by dead ends and incremental results. There was a long period of banging my head against the wall and hoping a dent would form, he said. We were all very pessimistic, but it was such a beautiful problem that I was completely hooked. In the fall of 2012, Sahai started collaborating with Gentry and Waters on a program called Functional Encryption, which deals with how to give different people particular levels of access to encrypted data. After what Sahai called an incredibly intense period of putting forward ideas, breaking them, and returning to the drawing board, in the spring of 2013, the team came up with a complicated solution to the problem. What we had was a mess, with so many moving parts and subscripts of subscripts. But it was the first thing we couldn't break, Sahai recalled. As the researchers tried to simplify their construction, they discovered that it went much further than anticipated. It presented a way to perform indistinguishability obfuscation on all computer programs. That's a moment I'll never forget, Sahai said. Sahai and Waters proceeded to show that their indistinguishability obfuscator seems to offer much of the all-encompassing cryptographic protection that a black box obfuscator would offer. 
It can be used, for example, to create public key encryption, digital signatures, which enable a website to convince its visitors that it is legitimate, and a laundry list of other fundamental cryptographic protocols, including two major ones that were previously unsolved, functional encryption and deniable encryption. The team's obfuscator works by transforming a computer program into what Sahai calls a multi-linear jigsaw puzzle. Each piece of the program gets obfuscated by mixing in random elements that are carefully chosen, so that if you run the garbled program in the intended way, the randomness cancels out, and the pieces fit together to compute the correct output. But if you try to do anything else with the program, the randomness makes each individual puzzle piece look meaningless. This obfuscation scheme is unbreakable, the team showed, provided that a certain newfangled problem about lattices is as hard to solve as the team thinks it is. Time will tell if this assumption is warranted, but the scheme has already resisted several attempts to crack it, and Sahai, Barak, and Garg have proved that the most natural types of attacks on the system are guaranteed to fail. And the hard lattice problem, though new, is closely related to a family of hard problems that have stood up to testing and are used in practical encryption schemes. Sahai's hope is that not only will this hard problem stand the test of time, but computer scientists will figure out ways to base the obfuscation scheme on more conventional cryptographic assumptions. Cryptographers are already jumping on the indistinguishability obfuscation bandwagon, searching for ways to make the scheme more efficient, bolster its security assumptions, and further elucidate just which secrets it can protect. Beyond the immediate task of refining the team's obfuscation protocol lies a deeper question. If the problem of obfuscation has been solved, what remains for cryptographers? What is the next major cryptographic frontier that is not solved, at least in principle, by obfuscation, Sahai said. That's one of the big questions for our field. And now, our story from last week on recent progress in obfuscation. A new design for cryptography's black box, by Kevin Hartnett. In July 2013, a pair of studies set the cryptography world on fire. They described a powerful new method for hiding the secrets inside software programs. The method was called Indistinguishability Obfuscation, or I.O. The authors touted it as a central hub for all of cryptography, a unified basis upon which to reconstruct familiar cryptographic tools like public keys and selectively secure signatures. The papers also took a first stab at demonstrating what I.O. might look like mathematically. The research produced a flurry of interest at the time, but in the two years since the announcement, computer science researchers have encountered a number of practical challenges that stand in the way of using I.O. For one thing, I.O. is extraordinarily slow. Obfuscating a program adds delays that would be measured, not in minutes or hours, but in lifetimes. In addition, the method is not nearly as mathematically secure as it needs to be. But in the past few months, a number of studies have provided some of the most important advances since the 2013 announcement. Some researchers now think we could get a working system in a decade, or maybe even sooner than that. As of right now, it seems like there are no big limitations, said Amit Sahai, a computer scientist at UCLA who was a co-author on both of the papers. I.O. is powerful. It can do almost anything we've ever wanted to do. 
and if I.O. can be constructed in terms of certain simple mathematical assumptions, researchers believe that even a quantum computer couldn't break it. Indistinguishability obfuscation begins by posting two programs that compute the exact same outputs by different methods. I.O. says that it should be possible to encrypt these programs so that users cannot tell which version they have, no matter how much they poke around. The 2013 papers convinced many people that I.O. has the power to dramatically broaden the scope of cryptography, but the studies didn't specify how to make the idea practical. Researchers have two primary challenges. First, to speed up the process, and second, to ensure that I.O. is secure. I.O. would be comically impractical to use today. Any encryption scheme is going to slow down a program at least a little. In the case of I.O., the mountain of equations needed to achieve indistinguishability slows things down a lot. It probably takes hundreds of years to obfuscate and run a program, said Vinod Vaikuntanathan, a cryptographer at MIT who has been heavily involved in I.O. research. When it becomes that ridiculous, you stop caring about the exact numbers. One general strategy, taken by computer scientists to speed up running times, has been to reduce obfuscating one large program to obfuscating connected smaller programs. As computer scientists envision it, obfuscating a program would require two steps, and improvements in either step could increase efficiency overall. The first step is the harder one. Current I.O. methods begin with a so-called bootstrapping program that is small enough to obfuscate. This program interacts with a large target program. The bootstrapping program acts like a secure bubble around the target program's inputs and outputs. It obfuscates anything that comes in and out of it, effectively obfuscating the target program as a whole. Yet no one has figured out how to efficiently obfuscate even the small bootstrapping program. It's like trying to find the first chink in the armor, Sahai said. The bootstrapping program is where we're really stuck. Researchers have made more progress on the second step. Once the bootstrapping program is in place, the challenge is to obfuscate longer and more varied kinds of computations. At the annual Symposium on Theory of Computing in June, or STOC, three teams of researchers presented work that demonstrated how to go from obfuscating any single circuit, which researchers already knew how to do in theory, to obfuscating a general-purpose computer, or Turing machine, in the eyes of theoretical computer scientists. It's a big leap. In order to obfuscate a circuit, researchers need to know the size of the input and every step in the computation ahead of time. Computers, by contrast, are set up to read arbitrarily long inputs, making additional computations as more data come into view. The work presented at Stock showed how to use a technique called punctured programming to obfuscate these longer, open-ended calculations as a series of discrete, connected, circuit-sized steps. The main technical achievement applies I.O. for circuits to the local steps of a computation and ties things together so you are protecting the computation globally, said Allison Bishop, a computer scientist at Columbia University who co-authored one of the papers presented at Stock. Making I.O. more efficient would address a practical problem. Establishing that it's highly secure would solve a fundamental one. When Sahai and Brent Waters, a computer scientist at the University of Texas, Austin, described a way to use I.O. in 2013, it was largely a matter of belief that this style of obfuscation would protect the secrets inside a program. Their initial work was kind of like tying a very complicated-looking knot. 
It might appear very tough to undo, but without really understanding the structure of the knot, it's hard to be sure there isn't some simple way of unwinding it. At that point, there was just a construction. It wasn't even clear how to argue security, Bacon Tanathan said. There was no clue how to go about it. The situation has improved since then. Any good cryptography scheme rests on a mathematical foundation that defines the problem the intruders would have to solve in order to break the code. RSA encryption, for example, uses the product of two large prime numbers. To start reading your emails, an intruder would have to work backward from that product and identify the two primes that were multiplied to produce it, a task that's understood to be impossible given the limits of current computing power. The mathematical assumptions underlying a cryptography scheme need to be hard. They should also be simple, long-tested, and well-understood, so that cryptographers can be confident that a problem is as difficult as it looks. It has to be a mathematical problem we can understand. Otherwise, experience has taught us that it's likely to get broken, Sahai said. In 2013, there were no practical security assumptions behind IO. A year later, in April 2014, Waters, Bishop, and Craig Gentry, a research scientist at the IBM Thomas J. Watson Research Center in Yorktown Heights, New York, released a pair of papers boiling the problem of I.O. down to a set of simple assumptions related to a type of mathematical object called multilinear maps. Sahai was a co-author on one of the papers. We said if the attacker breaks I.O. in any way, he must be solving one of these problems, Bishop said. Yet multilinear maps were only introduced into cryptography in 2013. Experts haven't had time to rigorously assess how reliable they are. Right now, if these multilinear map candidates get broken, you wouldn't shock the world, Waters said. Currently, computer scientists are trying to figure out how to replace multilinear maps with a better understood mathematical obstacle. The best hope seems to be learning with errors, a problem in machine learning. Learning with errors in multilinear maps share a common mathematical ancestry in a field called lattice-based cryptography, which is why one seems like a good candidate to replace the other. However, no one has figured out how to make the leap. It's like looking across a cliff. It's so close it looks like I can jump across it. But that really isn't the case, Bacon Tanathan said. Despite the challenges facing I.O. as a field, experts express confidence that an I.O.-based security scheme is coming. Sahai points out that the lag time in cryptography from idea to implementation has been as high as 30 years. Given the pace of progress that's been set in the last two years, he thinks I.O. could be ready much sooner than that. We're hoping to shorten it to 10 to 15 years, he said. The major milestone to watch for is the establishment of a simpler mathematical basis for I.O. security. The most prominent figures in the field think that the circumstances are right for I.O. adoption to move quickly. Bishop said she wouldn't be against a simple set of hard security assumptions developing in less than a decade. But Bakun Tanathan is even more bullish in saying, I would even go so far as to say a couple of years. The optimism owes in part to all the resources that have flowed into I.O. research over the last two years. Sahai now serves as the director of the Center for Encrypted Functionalities at UCLA. The center, which is devoted to obfuscation research, was founded in 2014 and is funded by a $5 million grant from the National Science Foundation, with Waters and Bishop as co-principal investigators. Also last fall, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, announced the creation of SafeWare, 
a research program that supports the creation of highly efficient and widely applicable program obfuscation methods with mathematically proven security properties. The rush to develop IO speaks to its power, but also to the cat-and-mouse game intrinsic to cryptography. At the same time that researchers are developing new security strategies, others are hard at work on quantum computers. If and when they arrive, their computing speed will lay waste to most existing cryptographic schemes. Except, perhaps, for IO. You're listening to Quantum Magazine's Science Podcast, with music by Poddington Bear. I'm Leah Alfonso. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org.